following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Earthman. Uh, His Highness the Jackal. The Jackal. I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of radio. <laughs> yes. Allow me to puff as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, These are some powerful herbs. <laughs> giving me dark visions. Shall we pack this again? I, I'm not giving visions. I'm not sure if it's working, is it? Visions. Visions. Daddy, are you seeing what I'm seeing? You making a fool of yourself. <laughs> I think Jacko's a Latino. I'm not sure, but he'll give it to you. Hold on a second here. The Jacko. All right, everybody, welcome to another exciting dark episode in my head. This is the Jackal's Head Insiders. Welcome to PSN Radio. We're listening in on this beautiful November 24th, 2019. I welcome all, no matter where you're listening from, whether it's Earth, Alpha Centauri, Mars, or Uranus, or if you're on the toilet and you got us in the background, uh, whatever way you're listening in, Bless you for being here. Thank you for being here with us on November 24th, 2019. I am the host of the show, The Jackal, Angel Espino. You guys uh, know me well, and I know that you haven't heard me in the last couple weeks because we've been on a bit of a, how should we call it, a hiatus, as some would call it. Shout out to the California guy uh, who goes on a lot of hiatuses. And uh, we uh, have been a little bit, uh, you know, busy doing some uh stuff to the website some stuff uh behind the scenes and one of the stuffs uh, that we've been working on is getting the new sidekick in gear making sure that he is available making sure he is here with us making sure that he is someone who knows what's going on and is on the same page and without any further delay i want to welcome the newest voice inside my head which is actually an old voice which has now come back around and is uh, going to be the permanent sidekick replacing good old Pete, who is retired from the show. Brandon, Brother Detox, welcome back to the Jackal's Head. How you doing, dude? Yes, sir. Doing good. Good to be back, man. You sound better than ever, man. Let me tell you, uh, it's been a long time since uh, you've been here. Don't, don't do that. Whatever you just did. That was scratchy. Uh, but you're back on the show, and uh, welcome, sir, and uh, how you been? It's been a while since we, uh, you know, talked on this show, and anybody who's been following uh, this podcast for the uh, past decade might remember you, because you're one of the originals that were doing all this stuff with me and Simon. Yeah, man, doing good. Um, glad to be back on the show. Um, I'm still up here in Orlando. Things have been going great. I know it's been a long time since I've been on. Um, I've been doing a lot of traveling lately, traveling around the state, which I'm going to head back down to the Miami area, missing my South Florida people. But things have been good, man. Orlando's been a great, great opportunity, finding new roads, new opportunities up here. And I'm glad now I'm able to get back into this show now that I have the time. And, you know, it, you know, it's always been work, work, work. But now it's like now I got the time to do this. And I'm um, hoping to be a voice on the show. Good man. Uh, do me one favor though. Don't move the mic around too much because it like it pops every time you move it. And then, like like right there. See, like oh, it that. keeps dropping. I'll just hold it. Uh, well, it shouldn't be dropping. The, the, the thing should be pretty sturdy. It's sliding go. down. I'll just hold it. No problem. I got you. 
Well, yeah, it's okay. You know, you can slide down on a, on a girl. You can slide down on the mic. It's all good. I, I feel you. <laughs> I'll slide uh, down on mics, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, whatever your preference is, dude. I'm just saying, as long as you don't slide down on the toilet live on air, we're, we're gonna be good. It's gonna be a, a fun time. We're gonna have a, a lot of entertainment stuff to talk about tonight. It. Uh, we have no guest on the second hour. You know, we're, we're kind of doing this. Uh, Kind of like on the fly because I wanted to, you know, bring you back and reintroduce you to the audience. And, uh, if you find what we're talking about exciting and entertaining and you want to join the, on the call, please do so. Uh, the number is 786 uh, 245-8127. You can reach us there at 786-245-8127. Or you can find us on Skype by looking up either Soup Media Network or PSN Radio. One or the other would join right in on here. And uh, just send me a message because we don't screen calls. You know, it's not filtered in. Let me know you're calling in. Don't just, like, try to bombard us with the call. I mean, we are on Skype after all. And if you do that, that ends up pretty bad for the rest of us. So... Chill on that, you know. Like, don't just like try to you know jump in and be like, I got something to say, because that, that's gonna make me want to cut you right off. Like, send me a message if you if you got Skype. Now, obviously, if you're calling in through a phone number, and that's a little bit different. So when you call in through like a regular like landline, cell phone, or something like that, call in. Don't say nothing. Let me introduce you, like nice, evenly. You know, like what should be done. And I'll bring you on, and, uh, you know, we'll be able to talk for a little bit. And uh, get what are your thoughts on I'd like to give everybody uh, their even keel and, uh, you know, let them bring out whatever information they, they want to bring on. Now, I do have a couple of uh, news articles that we're going to get to and talk about in a couple minutes here for News Sense. And uh, it's funny because uh, you're a, a big Star Trek fan. I got something Star Trek related. Uh, I got some Star Wars news related, which I'm a Star Wars fan, and you you like Star Wars too, right, Brent? You're you're a Star Wars dude. You like both? Oh, yeah, I do Star Wars too. Yeah. Yeah, but your preference is, is Star Trek. I mean, it's no doubt about that. Yeah, in the in the end, I, I'm more of a Trek guy than Star Wars. Yeah, I actually I know that because you know we've known each other for about 20 years now, and uh, we we went to MegaCon about what. 2011, and um, after that, I knew just how hardcore of a Trek fan this man is. Uh, you have uniforms, uh, all kinds of things that I, I that no human being should like possess, but you have it. Uh, you wear it proudly too. Like what you know, you know, give the audience a little bit of insight of some of the stuff that you have that is Star Trek related besides. The one uniform that I saw you in, the white one. I actually have three different uniforms. Uh, <laughs> three. three! I got one Star Trek shirt. This man's got the full uniform. Go ahead. Now, I, I am trying to talk to the prop company right now to where that one actually makes the authentic uniforms on set. But uh, they're in California, but that's going to be income tax. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and as long as yeah, the, the the building doesn't burn down before they can send it out to you or get you hooked up, because you know. yeah, they, they they say based on my measurements, I'm looking at about eight nine hundred bucks just for the <laughs> uniform. I'm like, God, man! But uh, I have um, put out a couple extra pounds there, uh, my friend. Since the last time we saw each other, like, 
Oh no, I've lost weight actually. <laughs> oh, okay. They are uh, now. I, I have. Um, if the fans are familiar with Star Trek at all, I have um, uh, the uniform from the Star Trek Enterprise series. Okay. Um, it's the blue jumpsuit with the uh, yellow stripes, um, yellow shoulder stripes. Um, and then I have the dress uniform that's been rarely seen on the series and the movies. Uh, it's been featured on Star Trek Insurrection, uh, Nemesis, and a few Deep Space Nine episodes, and that's it. It looks like a, a, a white tuxedo. And uh, that's yep. the main one I like to wear because people walk by and they just want to take pictures with me <laughs> for reasons I don't know. Because and, you look um, like you you're on the episodes. It looks like you're part of the uh, the cast. Uh, you know, like you would be cool. Like if you were like on the Orville, that'd be great. Uh, which is not Star Trek, but it's you know Star Trek like. But if they actually had you like on a, on a Trek series, like you would fit right in. Like either one. I'm just saying. If I could, I would. I, I would go audition right now if I could. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what are your thoughts on, like, on, for example, uh, Discovery? You know, I, I've I've gotten into a few heated debates about Discovery. I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a fan of the series. Um, I've continued to watch it, but this it's been on for two years now, right. and I don't have that connection, that that instant connection that I felt with the other series I grew up with. Um, the writing is very, uh, if there's a word for it, I would say erratic. The yep. storyline doesn't seem to line up. It doesn't make sense at all. Um, they've obviously invested a lot of money into special effects and, um, props, things like that. But the story just does not flow at all. Um, I was very happy with Anson Mount, um, as Captain Pike. I, I, I'm actually signed a petition for him to get his own series. Mm. Um, I, I love him as an actor before this. Um, he did a great Pike, but Discovery, yep. it, it's the the cast, there's no cohesion there. Everyone's in their own little world. The, first, the opening um, season of the show was botched completely. Um, and like I say, some Star Trek fans might disagree with me, that's fine. But um, the, the ship is very disconnected with the universe around it. They were not involved in the Klingon war that was going on. Um, I mean, it's just very different the, from Enterprise, you know. And in the timeline, because I mean, this is not taking place in the Kelvin timeline. It's taking place in like the regular old timeline. So in that timeline, right. the war was, you know, before the original series, during the original series. You know, there, there was a war before the original series, which the original series did catch on during their original run 50 years right. ago but um i was exp i was unfortunately star trek is and a lot of other other sci-fi legacies i grew up with um i think the concept of the prequel in general is destroying a lot of things i grew up with including star trek but considering you're so close to i guess you'll call kirk's timeline i guess you don't have as much play playroom to mess around the stories, the development, the continuity. Now, if you're talking about Enterprise, that was very displaced, so they could play around with it. But right. Discovery, there needs to be a direction, and I'll be honest, am I going to watch the next season? It's unlikely right now, the way the way I'm feeling about the show. Um, but I know we got another series. We got Patrick Stewart is back at it again. 
Yeah. Well, by the way, it, it's a it's a shame because I feel a lot like you know not to cut you off, but I feel a lot the same way about Discovery. But it's a shame because Doug Jones is a good friend of mine uh, from you know the conventions he's been on the show. Uh, somebody I adore as an actor. He's he's fantastic and everything that he's been in. Uh, if you guys don't know Doug Jones, it's a shame on you. You really should. He's a fantastic actor. Uh, he was in Hellboy 1 and 2, the original Guillermo del Toro Hellboys, not the remake. Uh, he was, uh, in the, the, the one about water, um, what's the name of that movie? Sheep of Water, I believe it's the name of it. And, uh, he played the creature guy. Uh, he, you know, he usually plays in prosthetics, so it's a lot of folks don't know his face. But he's a really good actor. He plays one of the aliens on the Discovery. And again, behind prosthetics. And he is, uh, I forget his name on the show. Do you remember uh, his name on the show? Uh, no? He's, uh, he's a tall alien guy. Subaru, I think his name is. Something like that, right. Um, and he's good. I mean, the, the episodes I've seen, that like, I've seen the first season. Names always escape me, but I've seen the first season. And, uh, you know, he was good, but, yeah, the rest of the series is, like, very weird. And I do like, you know, the the guy who's playing Pike, I, I agree with you, he's really good. Now, my thing is, why can't I just bring him on board to be the captain on this show? And, you know, we know eventually he's going to join, you know, the, the Enterprise, but why not have him be on a Discovery as the captain for a while? I, I was actually looking forward to them doing something like that. Unfortunately, the Enterprise, the ship itself, was already in existence right. uh, for a few years before Discovery was commissioned, um, according to the timelines. But um, they could have kept him in command of Discovery for a while. And they didn't even explain what happened to the Enterprise when it was introduced in the show. They said us, it, the computers failed on the ship. But it, here's another plot hole. They didn't explain what caused the failure in the first place, and this is their new state-of-the-art ship. Right. And I, I, I will say, um, if Anson does get his own show, I'm on board with it. Um, he's a, a proven actor. I love his work on Hell on Wheels. Um, he's done a other some other uh, independent movies in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and Doug Jones, like you say, he's he's a great actor. I like liked him. Uh, what was he? Silver Surfer or whatever that was. Um, you, yeah, he, he the Silver Surfer. Also, he was actually. It's funny because a lot of folks don't know this, but he was in Batman Returns back in the nineties. And a lot of people yeah. don't know that. He played one of the uh, the clowns that worked with uh, the Penguin when he was one of the, the henchmen. Uh, I mean, he's been acting for a long, long time. Uh, again, he's uh, one of these guys who's a master in prosthetics, like uh, Andy Serkis. You know, like he's always behind the scenes uh, doing the, the, the real acting because he escapes into every character to the point that, you know, he can walk down the street and he's a big star. And he still has kind of like that, you know, ambiguity about him where people are like, I recognize him, the hardcore fans, but like the average folks, we could walk right by them and he won't, he won't be noticed, which is great about being that big of a name and be, being able to live like that and be that free. That's one of the reasons I, I, I assume he likes it, but you know, when he deals in prosthetics and stuff, it's like, that's to the root of acting because it also goes into like the mime work that he used to do and, uh, theater work and you know he really becomes every character and that to me is the best kind of actor you know like the, when you escape into a character where you're unrecognizable at all and you you just you, you know you, you you remember that's that guy like when you when you remember Hellboy one and two you remember 
Hellboy, Ape Sapien, those are your names that, you know, jump out of you, right? Ape Sapien. That was Doug Jones. He was the, the main uh, sidekick. Basically, he was uh, President Detox. He was Brandon. He was Ape Sapien. The sidekick. And I guess I'm Hellboy. Make sense? Yeah, makes lots of sense. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, uh, Simon, Simon would be like uh, Totoro. <laughs> our, our friend Simon. But not Guillermo del Toro. More like Benicio del Toro, where you can't understand what the hell he's saying half the time. Like, hi! Hello! Hello! I was going, you know, I talked to him the other day, which is funny because I haven't talked to him in a very long time. And actually, uh, we spoke on, on Skype for a little bit. Uh, and, uh, it, it's kind of funny because he's he, like, he comes and goes like a bad wave, you know, like one, one year, like I don't hear from him. And then like, I can't shut him up the next year. I wish he was a little bit more like, you know, into like, Skyping in. I don't know what he's afraid of. Has he uh, told you anything? No, he'll he'll get off of there like just say for like six months and then yeah. can't shut him up. I, I, I don't know. Mm. And it's funny Very because I, we've known him for like twenty years, so it's not like he you know he has to be shy around us or anything. So, in fact, I, I got to give him a shout out because he did, he did something that was just really cool a while back. He went uh, to um, a, a signing, uh, an autograph signing with Bret Hart, who is my all-time, you know, favorite wrestler. I'm a huge uh, Hart Foundation fan from back in the day. I don't follow pro wrestling anymore because I've grown up. That's what you do. You do when you grow up. You stop following pro wrestling. Uh, but you, you know, you, you grow up and you have these fond memories of these athletes, uh, entertainers. Uh, pro wrestlers, you know, it, it is an entertaining uh, thing, but these guys were really, you know, athletes also because they, they put their, their bodies on, on the line, I mean, Brian Pillman, look what happened to him, the Blue Blazer, you know, uh, look what happened to him, and of course I'm talking about Owen Hart, Bret Hart's brother, I mean, you know, casualties do happen, look what happened to the Von Erich family. Uh, you know, these people go through their thing, and then a lot of them do end up tragically passing away, uh, in-ring accidents, you know, they break bones. Uh, remember the uh, fears back in WCW, a, a long time ago actually now, when, uh, remember Sid Vicious when he was coming off the top rope and he broke his leg right in the middle of the ring? I still cringe every time I see that video. So these guys really do hurt themselves. And uh, Bret Hart, to me, always was just an amazing uh, actor because he, he he was one of these wrestlers where he went out of his way to make sure nobody got hurt. And his, his time in the ring, he was like, that's what they called him, the excellence of execution. Besides the fact that it was a cool nickname, uh, he was really that good technically where he wouldn't get others hurt. And ironically enough, his career came to an end because Goldberg hit him in the head and fucked him up. So a guy who would like go out of his way to make sure others wouldn't get hurt, got hurt by a bad move from a, a guy who's not really a wrestler. Bill Goldberg. Huh? Go figure. Talk about an irony. But uh, yeah, no, Simon uh, got me a really cool autograph of the DVD release 
of Bret Hart when that came out uh, several years ago. So, uh, you know, again, I thank him for that. Uh, he didn't have to, you know, go out of his way and do that. But, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's like gone with the wind, breaking wind, breaking bad, whatever you want to say. Uh, that's our, our boy Simon, but uh, shout-outs to him. Uh, let's see, we do have, uh, like I said, news to talk about in a, in a minute here. And I'm going to open lines also in case uh, folks want to call in. I know I have a couple people on standby. Uh, shout-outs to one of them who made himself uh, awares. He's going to join us a little bit and uh, talk a little bit, maybe politics, maybe entertainment. We don't know yet. Uh, James is uh, the dude's name, and uh, he'll be live with us in a couple uh, but, uh, let's, uh, let's see, we have, like I said, those two news, uh, items we're going to get to, which is Star Trek related and Star Wars related, but there's other stuff that I'm going to get to, which I wanted to get to also. Henry Cavill, apparently it's not done playing Superman, or so he says. We have a, a couple, uh, clarifications on Joker in the possible sequel, including the box office, which is huge. For Joker, it hit a billion. That's amazing for an independent movie. It's not really an independent movie because it's you know Warner Brothers release, but it has like a low budget, independent style shot. You know, Martin Scorsese kind of you know stuff, uh, Scorsese ish, I guess you could say. And uh, it's amazing the number it's, uh, that it's done a billion worldwide. Did you did you see that coming? Because I mean, Warner Brothers is really like been, you know, just not producing good movies for a long time, and all of a sudden, I was like, we got a decent Aquaman, a decent Wonder Woman, I loved Shazam, even though it didn't perform as well, and I loved this Joker movie, and it's done a billion at the box office, so it looks like finally Warner Brothers is starting to get their act together. Um, what do you, did you see the Joker yet, uh, uh, Brandon, have you seen it, and what did you think of it? Uh, I actually haven't had a chance to see The Joker yet. Um, a few people were telling me it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the one with, uh, who was it, Joaquin Phoenix? Joaquin Phoenix, uh, right. Joaquin, don't call me River Phoenix's little brother. Yep. Yeah, I, I actually do want to see it. I may catch it at some point. Um, I saw Aquaman. I saw um, Shazam was better than I thought it would be. I, I wasn't a big fan of uh uh, Shazam before that, but this this movie was pretty good. But um, but I, I think the Joker. I want to go. I want to watch it at some point. Um, and like you just mentioned, this whole decade. I mean, mm-hmm. the decade's over pretty much. But WB they were kind of bottomed out for a minute, and now, like you say, they're trying to make all these good movies. And, yep. Um, hopefully, they'll they'll do better over the next few years. I mean, you you saw like the the Snyder run where it was Men of Steel, BVS or Batman vs Superman, and then Justice League, which was half him, half Joss Whedon, I guess. Uh, and that trilogy of films didn't end up too well. Uh, so I mean, that's the the bad part, like I said, the dark times of the Warner Brothers release. With it just, you know, it was one fail after the other. But now it really does seem like they're correcting that ship a little bit where they're mixing in, you know, the, the genre properly. And the characters, I mean, the Joker never really had an origin or a backstory. 
You know, it was always kind of a mysterious character. So a lot of the fan backlash was like, well, you know, you know, who's this Arthur Fleck and why are they giving him a backstory? Well, this is, you know, it, it's its own bubble. It's not like this is a, the, the canon of the comics or the canon for every Joker movie, you know, going forward. This is just kind of introducing a, a, a version of the Joker in its own universe. Um, there's possible talks that they might tie in this version of the Joker to what Matt Reeves is working on with uh, Twilight of the Bat and uh, make that into like the you know uh, the new universe which would be interesting because Robert Patterson has uh, been doing pretty decent work recently even though of course he's best uh, known as uh, the guy from Twilight and that's made nobody happy because it went from Ben Affleck to Robert Patterson. Am I missing something here, Brandon? Like, yeah, are there no other actors that we can get that are, you know, not these two with the baggages that they have? Like, I mean, Christian Bale is a perfect pick. He had no baggage other than American Psycho, which fits in perfect to what Batman is. Uh, and, uh, that movie with the guns, the you know, the, uh, with uh, him and Tyree Gibson and Therese Gibson. Uh, damn, the movie skips the, the memory, not the name of the movie, but uh, Equilibrium. Remember that from a while back? Uh, so, I mean, he kind of fit that mold, uh, that Batman mold. Uh, but, uh, you know, when Ben Affleck got introduced, I was like, oh, that's bad. Robert Patterson, oh, that can't be good. I mean, those are very questionable casting calls, wouldn't you say? Oh, Bale, I, I'm just like flat out no Batman. Um, I, I've been holding back my Ben Affleck as Batman comments, even on social media. I know there's been posts about it. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, I was not a fan of Batman versus Superman. I, I'm not into these whole versus movies in general, but... Um, Ben Affleck, I actually would like to see him stand alone in his own Batman movie. Um, but for down the road, somebody other than Christian Bale, somebody other than that, I'll take anybody. So, I mean, did, did you like the Nolan trilogy or are you anti Nolan trilogy? Like our friend, uh, Brother Detox. I mean, uh, Daryl from California Guy Show. You know, the California Guy Show hosted by California Guy Show. Oh, uh, I guess you could say I'm kind of anti, um, you know, I, I like, I like to have a good standalone, not something I got to follow or don't do a prequel on me all of a sudden, but, um, I, I would like to see another Batman movie. Let's, let's, you know, think of some other actors though. Like I said, I may be outnumbered on, on Ben Affleck. I, I thought he had a good premise, but you know, well, that's what Bill had though. I mean, he had his trilogy. That's done. Um, you know, when they introduced Ben Affleck, they kind of introduced him to Superman's world. And while it could work if they would have given him his own origin first, that thing, you know, that was one of the mistakes that, that Snyder made and Warner Brothers made was they kind of introduced him thinking, now oh, the audience is just going to accept him right away because it's Ben Affleck. But the problem is, Ben Affleck already failed as Daredevil. And that left a lot of fans pissed off. And that's one of the reasons there was a huge backlash. Now, you remember when he was introduced, the backlash was instant. 
We haven't seen that level of negativity even with Robert Patterson. Like, it was bad the first couple of weeks, and then it kind of just, like, went away and died down. With Ben Affleck, it was, like, for months and months and months, and it wouldn't go away. Even after the movie was released, it was, like, people people still were hating on, on the man. I think, he, like, it, it ruined possibly his marriage, you know, because... People were just like constantly bashing the fact that he was he was playing Batman, and he could be good because he's a very serviceable actor, and he's good in a lot of things he, he does. But the scripts were just terrible. I mean, the the writing was horrible, and the directing was atrocious. You know, the thing is, it, it followed Man of Steel, which completely like bastardized Superman and what he is, and then you're introducing a dark version of Superman with a Batman that's equally dark, but you never have that yin-yang effect, which is what Superman and Batman are supposed to be. They're supposed to be the opposites of each other. Like, one's light, one's dark. You know, one's brooding, which is supposed to be Batman. And Superman is like the light character, the one who brings hope to the world and, you know, brings joy to people. And they completely, like, messed that up. And I think that's one of the main reasons why it didn't work. It was disjointed. It didn't feel... Like the Superman and Batman that we all grew up with. At least that's my take on it, you know. But if, if you would have had a, a really good director, like I was very intrigued when Matt Reeves was going to direct Ben Affleck as Batman. I was like, that would have been cool. You know, you don't have to do an origin because he's like damn near 50. So, I mean, unless you DH the fucker, you know, like, you don't need to do an origin movie. You can just have straight up Batman. And I thought that would have been cool, but. Uh, he dropped out, and I think a lot of that had to do with the, the negative buzz that just would not go away. And let's face it, the two movies he was on failed. It, especially Justice League, that was a f- complete flop. Like, how do you put the Justice League together, and you flop that hard at the box office? How does that happen? Justice League, man, that's... <clears throat> That's one thing I never got into. I, I, I love all these superheroes separately, but that movie flopped. It, it reminded me of a rap single back in the early 2000s where you had six rappers on the track. It was just a bunch of noise. You know, you're, you're mixing all these personalities together that don't go together. And now we got, um, what was that movie? You had the Black Panther, then you had that other one at uh that other Justice League movie that came out early, earlier this year. I can't think of the name of it, but um, mm. it, it, all that and stuff game. flops eventually, <laughs> you know? Well, I, I mean, uh, uh, Avengers uh, is not flopping. Avengers, I mean, sorry. Yeah, no, that didn't flop. That did very well at the box office. Hey, look, the end game is the number one movie in the world. Endgame. Yeah. So that, that definitely didn't flop. It was number two in the, domestically of all time and number one worldwide. Yeah, so it, it definitely didn't flop. And domestically, it almost took down uh, The Force Awakens, which at $900 million, you really, really have to, you know, work hard to, to you know, beat that movie. Uh, that's tough to get there. Uh, guys, we're going to go on a, a quick break. When we come back, we're, we're going to have uh, some news, and then we're going to take open lines so you guys can join into the conversation. Uh, we have, like I said, a, a few news uh Articles I want to get to and get reactions from uh, Brandon on what I go over. Just stick around. We're going to be back in uh, about uh, two minutes. And again, open lines. Get ready for it. 
Here we go. You've seen just how crazy things have gotten in Washington lately. Democrats are trying to impeach the president virtually every week. They're trying to get rid of the Trump tax cuts. And they're also trying to make sure that your tax dollars are going to support extremist abortion views from Planned Parenthood and even governors like Governor Northam of Virginia that are advocating for infanticide. So I have a question for you. Do you have anyone in Washington that is actually standing up for your values and making sure that your voice is heard? Well, there is a conservative organization that I want you to join for free for one year. It is called AMAC. AMAC is committed to strengthening this country's foundation. We're talking about standing up for the values that you and I believe in. We're talking about faith, family, and freedom. AMAC is fighting for the sanctity of our Constitution. It's online at benfreeonline.com. You can also call them. You have to use my name, Ben, to get the one-year free membership. The 800 number, 1-888-466-9583. That's 1-888-466-9583. Or online at benfreeonline.com. That's benfreeonline.com. Join AMAC today. You'll get their newest magazine, and you'll have your voice be heard in Washington on important issues every single week. BenFreeOnline.com or call them and get your membership. You have to use the promo code BEN, 1-888-466-9583. I'm Omar Navarro, and I approve of this message. Maxine Waters has spent decades doing nothing in D.C. and dividing our nation. Now she's leading the charge to impeach President Donald Trump. Impeachment is the imperative. He really should be punished. Radical Democrats like Maxine Waters are pushing the United States toward the brink of civil war. That's why Omar Navarro is taking on Mad Maxine and defending our president. In 2020, let's bring Americans back together and continue making America great. I'm Omar Navarro, and I approve of this message. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Greetings. My name is Spud Goodman, and I am, in fact, a talk show host. But the Spud Goodman Show is more than just a talk show. Spud and his temporary co-host, Gerald. It's temporary permanent co-host. Super. Interview celebrities. Welcome live musical guests. Present fascinating feature segments. And take calls from an assortment of unique callers. Should I laugh now? And you can catch the Spud Goodman Show Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on PSN Radio. That is messed up, yo. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's SupermanHomePage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the man. Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to Inside the Tackles Head again, live with you as always on PSN-Radio.com. If you're listening on there, that's where you should be. If not, you can get the podcast later for F R E E. That's free, not fart. 
I know you were thinking I was going to say for a free fart, but no. Just free. Just go to angelespino.com. That's me. That's my website. Angel Espino, A-N-G-E-L-E-S-P-I-N-O dot com. You know what would really have sucked their brain if I would have messed up my own name and uh, the dot com part? You know, like, you know, if I would have given that URL and, like, you, you know, messed it up, that would have been really bad. But I think I got it pretty good. AngelEspino.com. Go there. The uh, podcast will be live uh, as soon as uh, we're done here within about, you know, 10 minutes normally. Uh, if you guys want to join in, we're going to have open lines. And I'm going to go through uh, a couple of news articles as well as, uh, you know, having the open line. So if you hear something you, you like and you want to talk about, by all means, join us. First thing I want to get to is, of course... Uh, just kind of a springboarding of what we were talking about before because I think, uh, it's the easiest way to get in. Let's talk about this Henry Cavill situation, uh, where he, uh, you know, apparently, and I say this, uh, you know, very, uh, with a, a huge, I should say, grain of salt, he's not giving up yet on playing Superman, even though Warner Brothers is like, eh, we moved on. Eh, you know, but it says uh, in this article from Superhero Hype, it says it may take a while before it happens again, but fans might get a chance to see Henry Cavill's Superman once more. The British actor's time in the uh, red cape is far from finished, if he has anything to say about it, as he believes he will wear it again in the future. In recent interviews with Man's Health, which, of course, I'm uh, a subscriber to, and... uh They've, you know, Brandon, they've asked me before to be uh, on the uh, the cover because I'm a, a great specimen for Men's Health Magazine, as you know, from knowing me personally for 20 years now. 20 years, folks. And uh, me and Brandon go back. And uh, Cal says he stressed that the cape is... Brandon, you ready for this? It's in the closet. Okay, his Superman is in the closet, folks. At least the cape is, anyway. But it is just for now, but he hopes the role is still his. The actor summed up the experience of uh, as Clark Kent in the DC Extended Universe up until now, uh, saying that uh, that 2013's uh, Men of Sh- I mean, Steel was a great starting point, not really, and that 2013's uh, Batman vs. Superman, or as we've uh, kindly uh, nicknamed it, Old Man vs. Stupid Man, in some of um, our close circles, Brandon is now one of them, because he enjoyed Henry Cavill Superman and Ben Affleck's Batman. You're on an island on your own there, my friend, on the show. But uh, he says that uh, he very much uh, liked uh, the Batman movie also, adding that that realm of darkness is great for a Batman movie. I agree with that. Actually, didn't I say that? Right? Notice what he said. That realm of darkness is great for a Batman movie. Nah, for Superman. Uh, as for Justice League, well, that didn't work out, he concluded. And uh, I think we could all kind of agree on that. Right? Um, now, he did address the rumors, which suggest that he is departing from the DC character 
and I'm going to quote here, he said, I'm not just going to sit quietly in the dark, even though his, which is a, a funny choice of words, by the way, because Man of Steel is a dark movie. Uh, but he says, uh, let's see, all this stuff going on, Cavill said, I'm not a city in the dark as all this stuff is going on. Uh, I'm not giving up the role. There's a lot that I have to give uh, for Superman yet. A lot of storytelling to do, a, a lot of real true depth uh, to the honesty of the character I want to get into. I want to reflect uh, the comic books. Uh, that's important to me. There's a lot of justice to be done for Superman. That status is, you know, the status is you'll see. Uh, end quote. Now, there's a lot to read in there. In that small quote of his, and Brandon, I want to get your take on this, because that's pretty much him acknowledging uh, that, yeah, it didn't work because of the direction they were going in on, which goes back to the creators of Men of Steel, Batman vs. Superman and Justice League, which we're talking about, who? Zack Snyder, Right? And the writers he brought in, and which, and his story ideas, and the way he treated the tone of those movies. So here, even the actor who played Superman is acknowledging and then saying, "Yeah, what well, didn't really work out at the end because you know there's things that we didn't get into, which are you know they need that is Superman. Basically, they made movies that didn't really." reflect who Superman is as we know him. And while you, you, know, you could say, well, it's his own take on Superman, and I'm fine with that, there's still certain characteristics you want to keep. Like, for example, the Joker movie, it's his own thing, right? But when you look at that movie, you still watch it, and you're like, at the end of the day, you're like, this is still the Joker. You know, it's dark, which the Joker is. Uh, he kills, which the Joker does. Um... There's no rhyme or reason why he goes crazy other than that society just treats him badly, which that's, you know, we know that much about the Joker. Um, now, of course, in the movie, you have a name attached to it. That's not the first time we've had a name attached to the Joker, though. Uh, you know, remember, they, they do give a name in uh, the, the killing joke. Uh, so we've had backstories before, and in this movie, it's kind of all in his mind, really. So even the name is kind of suspect. Maybe Arthur Fleck wasn't really his name, and that's something that was just made up. That's the brilliant thing about that movie is, like, so much of it is him just being crazy and having these illusions, and then, of course, you know, gearing off to what is really going on, which I don't want to get into, like, spoilers, because I thought it was a brilliantly, brilliant movie, uh, and I don't like the spoilers, but if you haven't seen it after a billion dollars, guys, I don't know what the hell you're doing. I mean, you should have watched it by now. I mean, Brandon, um, shame on you. Shame on anybody who hasn't seen this movie yet, because after a billion, what are you waiting on? Seriously, I mean, this is the most talked about comic book movie in, in years, and it's well-deserved. It has violence. Uh, he, you know, he, uh, he creates an uprising in the uh, movie of people that are taking this message to an extreme. You know, that's what the Joker is. He's, he's chaos, right? 
That's what he's always been. So the movie actually does capture the character the way he is canonized, but we get a storyline which is different from other storylines. And he's not always going to look the same, guys. You know, every actor brings his own look, his own slight take on it. Uh, this is, I would say, you know, the Joker movie was a, a lot more like what we got in the Dark Knight trilogy with Heath Ledger's Joker. It felt kind of like that in, in, a, in a way. So I know the anti-Nolan people are like, well, that's a Joker for the Nolan Knights. Right? Uh, Brandon, that's kind of like how you felt, right? I'm pretty sure. When you saw him. Yeah? No? Oh, yeah. I, I, that's that's definitely the way I felt. <laughs> Thank you for definitely. being a... Uh, for uh, making us wait there. Doing so long answer, but that's how a lot of people find. I, I you know, like, I had that conversation with, uh, our buddy Daryl, California guy, and, uh, he felt like that, like, from the beginning, it's like, he just saw, like, early artwork, and he's like, yeah, it's for the, for the Nolanites, and I'm like, well, you know, duh, because it worked. I mean, that, you know, when you create a character, and that's how the character is in the comics, it doesn't matter, like, the world around him, as long as you, you know, the character is true to the, the original source. And in, in this sense, like, this, you know, could be any random, like, messed up, you know, psychological movie without the Joker's name attached. It'll still be a great movie. But now when you attach that element that it's the Joker and his characteristics, and you put him in that world, and then the surrounding world is Gotham. We have the Arkham Asylum. We have young Bruce Wayne. We have Thomas Wayne. We have the Wayne murders. Uh, and, and what I love, by the way, is there's a, an actual uh, homeless guy that shoots the Waynes. Uh, spoiler alert. It's not like the Joker killed him, right, like in Batman 89, uh, which is completely against the comic book canon. So, I mean, they, they really kind of kept it true to that. Uh, so, I mean, that's what I'm talking about when it's really in line with what the character is that we know. Now, Man of Steel completely goes away from that, and that's one of the reasons why I think it didn't work. And, uh, you know, Henry Cavill's time, I think, is up. Look, we're having the, the multiverse stuff on TV, and um, they have, like, three Supermans on that show coming up. Which, I mean, that's going to be a huge crossover. I mean, are you excited at all for that? Actually, yeah. Um, I, th- I think having having more, it will actually be better in this case. I'm actually really excited about it when I found out about it. You know, the one thing I, I love is uh, Brendan Routh is playing Superman. But it's not like from the Superman Returns from 2006. It's uh, the Kingdom Come Superman. Which it's a, a completely different thing, which I thought was really cool. Any thoughts on that? I think that will definitely be a good. Um, I think I'll be a better version. That's something I'm, I'm looking forward to when I was reading about it. Because, like you, you nailed the head on that nail on the head a few minutes ago. Where, I nailed the head. Uh, yes, soup. my own. Yeah, <laughs> 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 they. Uh, Superman has seen a lot of. Um, personality shifts over the years i mean of course you got the original black and white but then you got the smallville you got you know there's so many different 
I don't know if you want to call them aspects of the Superman character, but Superman has sort of a confusing personality in the end. And they, they've stuck to Batman a lot firmer than they have Superman. And I think this will kind of get Superman at least back on a track of some kind. And I'm, I'm really excited about it, really. I mean, they're talking about uh, possibly doing a uh, TV series with the uh, small, uh, the Supergirl uh, Superman. I don't know if I like that idea. What I would like is uh, maybe a TV series version of Brandon Routh's uh, Kingdom Come Superman. That would be cool. Like, if they start off, you know, pre-multiverse crisis and, like, just have him be Superman on his own series and become the Kingdom Come Superman, I think that would be a great series uh, for Warner Brothers. Uh, just my idea. I mean, I think Brandon deserves another chance. Superman Returns was not his fault. I mean, that was... Uh, it wasn't, like, the worst movie idea where they wanted to start up, uh, you know, starting point. Uh, the problem was it was too close to Christopher Reeve's death, A. And B, it had no real action sequences. It was just, like, it was too dry. It was uh, too, you know, moody... Uh, again, too stalkerish. Uh, it, it just, it, it, after the first 15 minutes, it completely went downhill. And it never recovered. I mean, once that plane sequence it ends where he saves everybody on the plane, from that moment on, the movie's a disaster. It's like, it's dumpster fire from that point on. It's like they were like working on that one sequence, and they're like, we gotta make this the best rescue on a plane ever. And it was a nice sequence. Uh, a couple of things that were plot holes that I, that never got explained to me. Like, how does a nature reporter by the name of Lois Lane, who you know, weighs about a buck, maybe 10, maybe 120 pounds tops, uh, how does she get thrown inside the cockpit, or not the cockpit, but like the passenger part of the plane? Like, she gets thrown around and slammed against the wall and all kinds of stuff. And nothing happens to her. Like, she doesn't break a rib. No broken ankles. Brandon, no, nothing. No, not even a concussion. Like, I mean, she was, like, slamming all over the place. And like, she didn't even break a nail. How does that happen? She should have been in a coma at the end of all that. <laughs> right? <laughs> And, it, and the, the best part of the whole thing is, like, at the end, when she goes to the uh, to the hospital bed and she's like, she tells them, hey, and I think even Kevin Smith uh, talked about this, or somebody talked about this, when when she's like, you know, you're, you're not alone. He's your son, or whatever she whispers in his ear, right? Like, why didn't she ask him, like, when did you rape me? Because I have no memory of us having sex, but he's your kid. Like... That would have been the best question because, I mean, remember he, the movies is a sequel to the first two Superman where he kisses her and her memory goes away, right? In one of the original Superman. So she has no memory of having sex with Clark. So that's a major plot hole. Uh, two, uh, another plot hole is he loses his power in order to have sex with her. Remember he goes into that chamber thing and he removes his own power so he can be human, so he can have sex with Lois. Meaning, if he got her pregnant, the seed of Superman will be a human. 
so the kid should have no powers. So how did he have powers in Superman Returns? And through that piano of that dude, and all of a sudden we have Super Baby. Like what? How does that work? I mean, that, there was a lot of writing mistakes, and and me and Dan Harris got into it. Uh, a very famous back and forth back in uh, 2004 or five, I believe. Before the movie came out, I, I got into a heated battle with the writer Dan Harris, who co-wrote Superman Returns, and I became legendary on the internet, and I, I let him have it, because I found uh, out about that storyline, and I'm like, that's ridiculous, I mean, did you guys not think about this, and he's like, oh, you're not a writer, you're, you're an amateur, this and that, and he, he was very arrogant, and I was like, okay, if you want to make a movie full of plot holes that you're going to get crucified on, it's your career, bro. Have you heard from Dan Harris in the last decade? Other than right now, Brandon. Has he done anything in the last ten years? <laughs> Just sleep. <laughs> done. And he and it's funny, him and Michael uh, Doherty, they came out in a, in a scene in the movie and everything. They were like all hyped about what they had done. And then the movie came on and flopped, and I was like, uh, Dan, I told you so. And that's when I got blocked. He, 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 and re- remember, this is pre-Twitter. Uh, this is uh, on the uh, MySpace days. Even before Facebook was a thing. Uh, when MySpace was ruling the world, this is, you know, it was that time period where me and Dan Harris had this run-in. Uh, actually, put a website out of business, too. Uh, the Kryptonian.com ran the article of uh, our conversation, and they almost got sued over it. It was uh, pretty messed up, and uh, they had to shit down the website and stuff because of it. I believe that was one of the main reasons. If you go there now, it's like the website's gone. It's been gone for a decade because of that. Um, pretty interesting that, that uh, I, it turned out to be the you know what I told him, uh, but it wasn't Brandon's fault. I mean, I don't blame the actor. I think he's a, a, a good actor and uh, he deserves another shot. So I, I would like to see the the, the you know WBCW uh, whatever uh, put maybe a series with him as Superman. That would be interesting. But I think Cavill's days are done. To be honest. I think he's, uh, he might not want to admit it. It might not be something that he is looking uh, at and saying, yeah, you know, I, I still have that cape in the closet. But I think he should stick to The Witcher, the Netflix uh, show. Now, uh, the article does uh, finish off here saying, for now, Cavill is booked as uh, Geralt of Rivia in the uh, Netflix The Witcher fantasy series. And uh, should uh, the latter be uh, one of success, which is very probable, uh, Cavill's cape um, will likely collect dust in the closet for a while. But the fact that the actor is so vocal about his Superman role, though bodes well for fans who are waiting for Cavill uh, to break his hiatus from Clark Kent. All 12 of you that are his fans who would actually like to see him return. Maybe, just maybe, he'll come back. I'm surprised they didn't uh, put him in the multiverse crossover on TV or even in Shazam. Like, when they had him at the end there, they didn't show the, the head. It was just, you know, Superman's body. Like, you never actually saw his face in the suit. 
because they actually, I think the the the, the double who does the uh, the like all the uh, stunt work for uh, Henry Cavill Superman actually played the part, I believe, in uh, Shazam, if I'm not mistaken, which would make sense. They're about the same physique. Call him in for a couple of days to shoot. I mean, he, not, he didn't have any dialogue. He had to just walk in and kind of stand there like a goofball. Any person would have been able to do that. So they, they didn't really need Cavill. Even though a lot of fans were uh, excited when they saw him like having lunch with uh, uh, Levi. I forget his name. The guy who played Shazam. Uh, he had lunch with him one day. They were talking about him being in the movie and stuff. And all the fans were like, yeah! Cavill still Superman, all right! Woohoo! Didn't go over very well. Uh, if you guys want to join in, open lines again, uh, call on in. And, uh, you know, we we, uh, we have, uh, let me see, I got James on the waiting line. Uh, James, you want to join in? Let's get you on the line here, buddy, and uh, see what he wants to talk about. It's Adam to the call. Let's see. This this is where it gets technical, Brandon. You there? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna uh, see. Add James uh, to the call. Let me see. Uh, 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 there we go. Add. All right. <coughs> okay, uh, Brandon, you're still there, right? Okay. Okay. Yeah, you're still there. Brandon? Uh, uh, yep, still here. I, I need you to talk. Uh, okay, don't don't mute yourself completely because I, mean, I I can't hear you. Okay, see now we have dead air. I need, I need you to be more active, there, buddy. All right, James, you're live. You there? Oh. Okay. Well, I'm going to add you to the call because uh, if not, you're going to drop uh, Brandon off, my uh, sidekick. So let me add you to the call. Okay, James? Okay, okay. Okay, okay. hold on. Just stay on uh, Skype. Okay, let me get Brandon back on the line. See, the, we, there has to be a, a filter to make this easier. Uh, Brandon, you're still there, right? Okay. All right. Just, yeah, just stay on the line. I'm going to see if I can get our our, our caller, uh, James, on the line here. Uh, give me one second. Yeah. Uh, I wish I had, like, I had, like, hold music. That would be great. Uh, there's this kind of be, like, a way to do this where it doesn't, like, kick everybody off. I think this might be one way. Let's see. Invite more people. No, it's just it's all we need. Uh, James, Hello. Are you here with, James, are you there? Okay, there you go. You're there. Oh, yeah. All right, yeah, Brandon. I'm, I'm so, uh-huh. All right, Brandon, are you there? Yes, sir. It's James. How you doing? All right. How's it going, Brandon? Good, good. Outstanding. Woo. It's awesome talking to you again, Angel, since uh, the days of uh, uh, Bill and Nancy Burns and all that good stuff back in the day, but I'm stoked because of the subject matter you've been talking about. There's only... I, I only read a few uh, comics back in the day, and it was Sergeant Rock, Viking Commando, that kind of stuff, Weird War, uh, and the Star Wars stuff. I actually geeked out on it, and I'm still kind of a geek, and you know what I do for a living. But there was yep. one storyline I always wanted them to travel down. And there's now, in the Star Wars universe, 
and it's actually redeeming Star Wars in my mind, uh, is The Mandalorian on Disney. Oh, yeah. I, I was, yep. I was totally stoked when it came out. And did you see the last episode? Spoiler alert. Oh, I, I in fact, we're, we're going to talk about that as part of our, uh, you know, stories later on. Maybe in the second hour, if we did a second hour, we're going to get into that. Uh, I've seen all three episodes. And I, I gotta tell you, uh, this is probably the best Star Wars related, uh, stuff. We can get into it now since you brought it up. Uh, that I've seen, uh, it's so far on par with Rogue One, uh, but it's probably the, oh, yeah. that Rogue One and this is probably the best Star Wars we've seen, you know, post Disney buying Lucasfilms. Uh, I liked The Force Awakens. Uh, I, you know, liked some stuff from The Last Jedi, but overall I didn't like the movie. Uh, you know, I, I was hyped the first couple of days, and then when I saw it a couple of times, I was like, ah, there's so much cringeworthy stuff here. Why did they do this? Why did they do that? And, you know, the, the mistakes just became, you know, like it compounded on itself. And now I just don't like the movie at all. And then Solo came out. The whole Mary Sue effect. Of her being instantly great at everything, it was disturbing. Not to me. See, I didn't have an issue with that. I'll tell you why. Um, because we haven't okay. seen the whole trilogy. And I think fans sometimes jump the gun when they don't like a certain aspect right off the top. But they don't they understand that we haven't seen the whole storyline play out. So you can't judge something like that until you see why she's a Mary Sue. You see what I'm saying? This is a trilogy. The, the whole difference between what we're seeing now compared to what we saw in the 70s when the original one came out is that George Lucas, when he made you know, A New Hope, remember back then it was just Star Wars. It wasn't A New Hope. It was just one movie. He had no right. idea he was going to get to do another movie. So he made it an open-ended movie where it, it felt like it had a conclusion. It had you know a storyline that everybody was uh, you know properly kind of characterized and fleshed out to... Uh, tell their individual stories where if that was the last movie they made, it was okay. There was nothing else that you needed to say. But it was such a huge hit when Empire Strikes Back, you know, uh, was being worked on. Uh, George Lucas said, okay, we have the elements for what the next one's gonna be. But at that point, he, he didn't even know that Vader was gonna be the father. The Faja. You know, he had no right. idea. So this is all stuff that he came up with along the way, which that's something that fans bitch about now. Like, oh, well, they had no idea where they were going with. See, they had no plans. Well, neither did George Lucas, you idiot. Like, from right, the right. very beginning, this is what Star Wars has always been like. Like, I see Geeks and Gamers, Jeremy, and he goes off like, they had no plan. Oh, Kathleen Kennedy's the worst person on the planet. She had no plans. J.J. Abrams, he had no no plans going forward. Neither did George Lucas. They never See, did. I, like, that's part of storytelling. You start off, you lay the foundation. If it works, then if you're going to do a sequel, you springboard off of that. You waste time when you when you completely uh, flesh out a story when you're going to have different filmmakers come in want to lay down their own foundation, want to give their own input. So what J.J. did was he created the intro to the trilogy, handed the baton off to the next director, who goofed it and messed it up, and now to kind of like bring it all back together, they went back to the guy who started the thing off, 
and he's building the bridge to end it off. And, again, that's kind of what happened in the original trilogy. George came in, did the original movie, it worked, then they brought in another director, and another director for the next one. Three directors, three movies. That was great. And what's the best trilogy of them all? The original trilogy, right? Because that's three movies that feel different. That's kind of like what they were trying to go for. They just kind of really fucked up in the middle part here. Well, my 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 complaint is twofold. Uh, there has been established canon, just like you were talking about with like Superman and whatnot. Um, there's been established canon that's been laid out now, and I'd love to hear Brandon's take on this too. Be seeing he's a, a, a Trekkie and maybe not as big a Star Wars fan, but just like with uh, the Mandalorians. You know, the Manduati has um, an established language. Uh, right. They they are also interspecies. They weren't. They were the tongue at first. Right. And this is playing right into it with the foundling references. Right. Um, with all the different references they're putting in, and the thing about it was, yes, I agree that uh, would Anakin, with no training, have been able to maybe get some of his force powers naturally? I think so. Right, but oh, he was already I showing force abilities. I mean, he, he, no, he, even when like when uh, Qui Gon meets uh, Shmi, and he and he's talking about you know Anakin, she's like, yeah, you know, he can see things before they happen. You know, he's already you know right. he's using the force without being a Jedi, without knowing what the force is even. Like he's already has that that ability, which that's one thing they, right. they tried to do in the Last Jedi with the little uh, broom boy. He's using the force; he doesn't even know what the force is. Oh, he knows that he has right. the, the, the lore of Luke Skywalker and the myth of this great Jedi. Remember, at this point in, the, in this new trilogy, there's been no Jedi since Return of the Jedi. The Jedi have been kind of like right. gone. And the last Jedi, being Luke, had disappeared. And when he tried to bring back his order, it didn't work. And then he disappeared again, and he's been gone for years now. So Broom Boy had no idea what the Jedi's were other than you know, lore and, and tales. It's like when we hear about, you know, Knights of the Round Table, for example. And we, well, we yeah, read no, I, I, I kind of get that, but I'm saying there's even the books, like Splinter of the Mind's Eye came out right after Star Wars. And right, it but didn't that's, clash with... Um, no, yeah, but that's also, uh, like, George Lucas made that because he didn't think he was going to make a movie, so that was kind of like his follow-up. Yeah, that was his book, and... Um, right. The interesting thing is it didn't clash with uh, Empire Strikes Back. And um, just a lot of different things in the canon. That's the problem I have is with canon. And also, there was a lot of feminist overtones within um, um, The Force Awakens. The first one, the second one, even my wife noticed it. And uh, More the second like, one the first one, though. I'll say that much. Huh? Uh, more the more the last Jedi and the Force Awakens because the Force Awakens, the very first character we really meet, is Finn, right? The Stormtrooper, right. and Poe. So there's two male characters. Right. The, these are the first characters we meet, right? And and they have right. a, a a cool uh, storyline where Finn is a defected uh, Stormtrooper who has an awakening, which this is a, a right. failed plot point which they really should have followed on because we see the force awakens they didn't just awake in ray finn had an awakening 
when he sees that they're going to slaughter innocent people and, and the force, I think, really awoke in him, like, wait a second, this is wrong, you know, what we're doing here. Right. We're literally killing innocent people because we're looking for a droid. And then he sees one of his friends and his stormtrooper die in front of him. That kind right. of, like, makes him think, you know what, I don't want to die over some stupid crap like this. Where you know, And he has that moment of clarity. So he has that awakening moment where they should have followed up on that. I would have made Finn a Force-sensitive person who didn't know about the Force. And that would be the storyline they should have gone with, I think, with Finn. Well, I, I agree. I think he should have been a lead character along with Poe, and she could have been a, a lead character too. But then in the second one, like you said, that's where it really came out that, no, she's Supergirl, right? And uh, even Luke being amazed by her, you know. That, anyways, I don't want to beat that dead horse, but um, the the Mandalorian, it's it's almost it lives up to all of the different canon that the Mandalorians have, and with Jango Fett and Boba Fett, you know, Jango raised Boba Fett, and so that flows into the the next chapter you know star wars and the empire strikes back when you meet him and now you back do know, then, even now back you do then, know that uh well, no, you do know that Django and boba fett are not really mandalorians you know that right no 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 uh if you look at the canon uh he was a foundling Django was to uh jaster morrell and but they, jaster morrell but they're not, they weren't, uh, he wasn't born he wasn't born in in, in mandalore he's not an authentic most mandalore most Mandalorians aren't. That's why when the Tong species, they would look more like lizard people. And they would allow people to join when they conquered them. Right. And it's a voluntary joining. And they're still considered Mandalorian. It's the language, the culture. It's uh, being able to wear armor uh, to uh, train in, you know, warfare. I'm gonna and, show you. Uh, I'm gonna show you a video which. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna show you a video later on YouTube, which is gonna explain a little bit, you know, more clearly with the the, the canon of the Mandalorians, uh, because there's some right. stuff in there you're missing, especially with Boba Fett. Boba Fett is not Mandalorian at all, and that's pretty. No, he was a clone. Besides, besides that, even even his uh, suit is not Mandalorian armor. It's a different metal, completely different right. uh, structure because of Mandalorian suits. Right, he had Dura still. He did not have uh, the still that they get on Mandalore. Correct. And yeah. uh, that's why it's a big deal in the Mandalorian that he's getting all that still. And he's having his, and every time he gets something made, he donates a portion to it for foundlings. You see what I'm saying? It is yep. following the, the codex. It's following yep. the canon. Yep. And I've seen all the videos on YouTube about it, and some of them get it wrong, some of them get it right. Yep. But the point is, nowadays, there are no actual Mandalorians, even in the video games, because you had tribes splitting up, internecine warfare. They switched from backing the Jedi to backing the Imperial factions, you know, and, and then finally the last extinction, which they talk about, you know, when they tried to kill off all the Mandalorians, and that yep. was Imperial. Yep. So, I mean, it, it is following everything, and there is a logic to it, whereas I don't think... I've seen that. I'll tell you, the, like you said earlier, that one film that explored uh, them stealing the Death Star secrets. Uh -huh. I can't remember it. You mentioned it earlier. Rogue One. Uh, that was epic. Yep. 
you know? one. Yeah. And it, what made that epic is it's a, it's a standalone movie. Uh, they, yep. you know, they made a very, uh, you, you know, one-off piece where uh, it deals with part of the original movie canon, which is uh, going to explain how they got the the actual Death Star, uh, you know, uh, 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 structure and how to destroy the it. And, yeah, the plants. And it gives you that insight. It's like a view into, like, you know, a, a portion of the story which we never had. But it doesn't conflict with the original movie, which is something I loved. And something I hated with right. Solo. Because what Solo did, it ruined the character. If you watch the movie Solo, yeah. it completely ruins the mystery of who Han Solo is now. So for future generations, right. if they're going to watch uh, Solo before they watch A New Hope, and then they watch Harrison Ford come onto the screen, they're like, oh, we know who he is. We, we've seen the, the movie Solo. Or they, they would have done two or three uh, you know, sequels. It, it completely messes up that character to the point where you know, there's no mystery now. Whether he shoots first or not with Greedo, does it matter? We know who he is. You know how him and Chewbacca. Right. Be. You know, these right. are characters. You want to leave it. To, you want to leave it as a mystery. You don't want to like flesh out too much, because later on the storyline becomes part of like not only the canon, but it becomes part of the legend of the story. Right. Even even the. Uh red blood stripe going down his uh, leg was yeah. explained by Solo too, brother. And that was something interesting too, the Kirillian blood stripe on his trousers. You know what I'm saying? Yep, yep. No, they, they so, completely I mean, I goofed that you. up. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And by the way, we're, no uh, we're 20 minutes into the second hour, so it looks like we're going to go the full two hours here, which is good. Uh, Brandon, are you still there with us, or did, did you uh, drop off? Yes, sir. Okay, what did you think of uh, the Last Jedi, Solo, and Rogue One? What are your thoughts on what we've been talking about here? Because you've been kind of awfully quiet for a sidekick. I think uh, I, I agree with him that the uh, there was a strong feminist tone to Rogue One. Um, the Rogue Last One Jedi, or the Last Jedi, because Rogue One I thought it was spotless. And, well, and Solo, I thought Solo was a joke. Like you say, it ruined. There, were, there was like a, a mystery, a mystique behind uh, Solo's character. Now, like you say, we're going to have future generations looking back on this, and it, it totally ruined it. Um, but I, I thought that uh, the Last Jedi could have been a little bit better. Um, just a lot of undertones to it. Just. I, it just wasn't flawed with me compared to some of the other ones. It was definitely better than Clone Wars, some of that stuff they've been bringing out for the last 10 or 15 years. But um wasn't a fan of Solo. That, that's like bottom of the barrel right there. <laughs> and the first Star Wars movie to, to officially bomb at the box office. Like, I mean, this movie is going to uh, go down in history as the biggest disappointment uh in Star Wars history, which is a good thing because that means it'll never have a sequel. At least, I hope not. I mean, I really come on, man. You don't want a, a solo two, <laughs> right? Right. No, I, I'll tell you. That's I. I think that the Mandalorian, because I like the way they're flowing with the character. I mean, it's not predictable. Uh, it is in a way. If you've read the book on the Mandalorians, uh, you know, I think that. Uh, in all honesty, uh, Yoda, the Yoda character in, 
and you know, I don't want to really spoil everything, but the Yoda character, it's almost like he's doing what Jasper, Jasper Marill did to, um, um, uh, Django and what Django did to Boba. He's going to mentor him. You know, he could, this could be a possibility because remember species don't matter to be a Mandalorian. It's about the codex right. and that would be a really interesting twist. And this could be like a game of Thrones for Disney. I think so. That, I think that's where they're going with, but here's my, my whole thing. I don't know how many seasons they have, but Baby Yoda, everybody knows about Baby Yoda now, so we don't have to like worry about spoilers that much, I don't think. Uh, but Baby Yoda, uh, is 50 years old, okay? It's been 50 years, uh, since its birth. In that, I'm saying, that uh, they age very slowly. So they, even if the show goes 10 seasons, right. he's not going to be a baby. Like, there's not going to be any, uh, you know, big Yoda running around saying, Ah, Mandalorians help me, yes. <laughs> like, you're never going to see that. You know, right. Like, this, but I mean, there's a video I infant. saw of, there was a video I saw of Yoda as a young man going through the academy somewhere. Somebody had made, and they even made him like look like a teenager, right? Well, uh, let's say uh, the Mandalorian lives to be fifty years old, or whatever. I don't know how you know fifty more years, right? Well, that's fifty years of indoctrination into the Mandalorian culture. And if if Baby Yoda can transfer and keep going on, I mean, there'd be time jumps and stuff. That's what I'm saying. This has the possibility to go multi generational. Oh yeah, yeah if yeah. they put it right. Now, not yeah. only that, they can, uh, well, speaking of that, they can use this Baby Yoda for not only the series, but even post-Mandalorian, if they want to give him his own storyline, yeah. like, say, 200 years in the future where this Mandalorian guy is gone, uh, there's no more, you know, relationship because it's been 200 years and they age normally and, you know, the Yoda species don't. So he can be, like, in his rocking 20s to 200 years. And uh, just be chilling, walking around like you know, like Baby Yoda does, or Teenage Yoda at that point. And he can have his own storyline come out in a completely different trilogy of movies or whatever. And now you have Disney's own Yoda. And by the way, I I have part of the theory that's going around. It's something that even I thought of before I read it online. I will say, and I read it recently, and it makes all the sense in the world. Okay. They're trying to, like, you know, uh, point out, well, where did this baby come from? You know, how did this baby get created? Is it a clone of Yoda? My theory from the very moment I saw the thing on screen was like, oh, it's an offspring from Yoda and Yaddle. Now, who the hell yes. is Yaddle? Yes. You know, you know who's who on the Imperial, or not the Imperial, but the no, uh, Jedi no. Court. The Council. Now, if you're if you're a diehard if you're a diehard Star Wars fan, like you know myself and James and Brandon here part time, uh, you would know Yaddle was <laughs> uh, the same species as Yoda, which we don't know the species. Even though I think eventually they're going to be called the the Wills. That, that that's going to be their, their species, and I think. This baby is an offspring of them. Now, remember, part of the uh, Jedi training is they, they love is forbidden. Okay? Attachment right. is forbidden. Yeah. Doesn't mean that the saving of a species or procreating is forbidden. 
So Yoda right. and Adam didn't have to be in love to create another life, which might be continuing their species, which we might find out is an endangered species. So they would have every reason to mate, have a baby, and then have the Yaddle go away because she disappears after episode one. We don't see her again. And she does. Yep. Why does that happen? Perhaps she got pregnant, went to have the baby, and disappeared because maybe Yoda said, you know what, this is a good idea because things are getting kind of ugly, and uh, we need to preserve our species. Uh, so, away you must go. Yes. And she <laughs> nodded and left. And, and, I, I think and, this was an attempt to preserve the species. <laughs> that's I mean, awesome, brother. I'll tell you, that's a good idea. I, I just think it would be epic, like you said, if there's a time jump 200 years to have a baby Yoda with, and he's already demonstrated the Force during that one oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, tussle. Which explains and, uh, why he's so powerful with the Force, because he's he's the, the offspring of two Force-sensitive Jedis. Yes, and could you imagine a Mandalorian being able to manipulate the Force? Oh, that, my goodness. That's, that's, that's fucking world-changing, brother. Oh, I mean, they'll have the planet back without a problem in a couple of years. If, they, if this baby becomes, like, part of, like, you know their, you know, group and helps them out and they raise it and they, they mentor it and it becomes like a Mandalorian itself. Like, imagine the uh, uh, Yoda Mandalorian. Oh, my God. Like, that that would be amazing in itself. Now, here's a kicker. Yep. If, let's say this is the storyline they go down and, it, and they, this is the offspring of Yoda and Yaddle. You know what I think the perfect name for this little being with because we can't call it baby yoda i mean eventually it's gonna have a name i think we should stick with the y yoda yaddle but i think we should just call it jedi with the y instead of a j what do you yeah think? like the german a uh, silent uh j uh uh it would be a j in homage to Django, i guess but it would be yada or something like that. No, Yadai. Yeah, because... With a Y. And, and yeah, Yoda, Yadai. Yadai. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because the the thing is, is that's a homage to both uh, Django, if they spell it with a J, and then the pronunciation would, uh, if it's Yadai... No, 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 no. Remember, this Yoda has nothing to do with uh, Django or... Remember, even the Mandalorian no, no, right. but, has nothing to do with Django at all. No. This series is going to do Django or Boba Fett. But the baby, baby Yoda, okay? Remember, if right. if, if Yoda, which is with a, with a Y now, with a J, is Y-O-D-A, and Yaddle, which is with a Y, Y-A-D-D-L-E, Yaddle, if those are the parents, call them Jedi, Y-E-D-I, yeah, which, which will be a tribute to the Jedi's and to yeah. Yoda and Yaddle with the Y. So he's a Jedi well, offspring. The reason I said the reason I said Jay wasn't just for Django. I was trying to go somewhere with it. Is from the Resonare and uh, the the Mandolin uh, Mandolare's uh, spoken language. Um, it, it would be a J, also to get that Y sound. 
Right. So it's funny. Just go in and look at the different uh, word and phraseologies. There's an entire language. It's like Klingon. I'm sure uh, Brandon knows all about this because of uh, Klingon. People speak Klingon. And, I mean, you know, if I'm going to geek out about something, it's usually going to be something with, like, a language, something that has some backstory. Yep. Yep. And, uh, I mean, I, that would be brilliant if they do that. Now, by the way, uh, this also came out recently. We can get into this a little bit. And I want to get, uh, Brandon Stoughton, uh, James, since you're, uh, it seems like you're on par with Star Wars here. Uh, your thoughts would be, uh, interesting also. John Favreau, who is a brilliant director, filmmaker, actor, I love just about everything he's ever done. Uh, even pre-Marvel, I've been a big fan of John Favreau for a long time. And um, he, of course, is the creator of the Mandalorian uh, TV series. He is being looked on now as possibly being the successor of Lucasfilm's uh, seat as the runner of Lucasfilm in 2022 when uh, the contract is over with Kathleen Kennedy. They're seeing, uh, they're talking about behind the scenes of him taking over. I am a hundred percent behind that. I think that would be like the greatest thing ever, because if the Mandalore, uh, the Mandalorian TV series, if this is like the first thing he does within the Star Wars universe, and it's this good. Can you imagine if he's running the ship? Well, Favreau was already in an episode. A lot of people don't know. He was the heavy infantry Mandalorian, the guy with yep. the Gatling gun-looking thing. Yep. Yeah. That was him. Yep. I mean, he's yep. all yep. on board for, you know, fun time. Well, he's, you know, awesome. when, he, when he did, you know, the Iron Man, he he plays happy, you know, in Iron Man and in the Marvel Universe. Uh, right. And I, I'm happy to have him on the, in Star Wars. Let me take his... The Mandalorian uh, TV series so far, three episodes in, and I'm glued. Let me tell you, this is the best Star Wars. I, I knew that Star Wars on a you know on a long format like this would work. Remember, this is not 24 episodes. This is going to be like eight to ten, maybe I think something like that. Uh, so it's and that's like good. A, yeah, it's like a long movie. It's what it feels like. Uh, which if you're a skilled filmmaker, it's you know you can actually put this down and make it into like a really tight film, which I am actually, I might work on that, because I, have, I like re-editing, you know, stuff and making my own cuts. I did it for the uh, the sequels of, of uh, Force Awakens in The Last Jedi. I kind of made my own fan cut of the movies into one movie, and uh, I, I call it The uh, Awakening of the Force, instead of The Force Awakening, I flipped it around. And uh, I, I've showed it to a few friends only because you can't make money off of it. You can't put it online, obviously, copyrights, all that jazz. So I just showed it to a few friends. And everybody's been like, holy crap, it's so much better than The uh, than the Last Jedi. And I took elements of both movies and kind of like mixed and matched. By the way, spoiler alert, in my movie, we have Broom Boy also. Nice. Not the same way. Not the same way exactly. But he's in there. I have no hate on Broom Boy. One character I had to remove, though, and we, you know, this is uh, probably the most annoying character in the history of Star Wars, Rose Tico. I know how <laughs> some people feel about Jar Jar Binks. That's how I felt about Rose Tico. Same here. Same here. She was Agreed. annoying as hell. 
remove that like it didn't exist, please. <laughs> yes, yes. Her lecturing, her unending lecturing was nauseating. I will say, I, I, I'm just stoked about the whole thing. And one thing I will tell everybody, this is just me speaking from the heart. I went over today to your uh, um, uh, Patreon, and I donated. Folks, oh, you gotta donate appreciate that. To uh, people's uh, stuff. Because if you like the content, give a couple dollars to it. And honestly, that's all it takes. And you get benefits with that, too. So, you know, go on over and you give the details on how to get to it. I don't have it opened up right now because I donated and I closed the tab. Sorry. No, that's cool. Actually, we were going to get a tab before the show ended. I was going to give the links for Patreon. on But I thank you for bringing that up and, and for donating. Every dollar helps. Uh, in keeping this content going. And by the way, this is audio now. In January, when, uh, you know, the next year comes in 2020, we're going to be uh, live on video on YouTube. Uh, it's going to have split screens, you know, a bunch of stuff I'm working on, uh, which Patreon would help immensely because it's going to help fund a lot of the content that I'm going to be putting out there, uh, through not only PSN radio, but P- PSN TV and, uh, you know, a lot of stuff that we're going to be working on. Uh, Brandon over here, by the way, to plug some of the stuff he has. Uh, he has, uh, what is the, uh, Florida Stuffed, uh, stuff that he does. Uh, Brandon, you want to give a plug for that? Yeah, that'd be great. Go for it. Plug great. away. Yeah, um, Florida Stuffed has, uh, gotten so huge, uh, James, I don't know if you've heard of it, but uh, I travel around the state uh, advertising, promoting our local restaurants and spots to eat. And, um, you know, it's gotten so big, I feature 199 restaurants in 64 different cities at the last count. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm based in Orlando, but I, I go all over the state. Um, Angel, in fact, he helped me out uh, more than once uh, when I down, was down in Miami over the last couple of years and uh hopefully in the next year or two i can get a magazine line going um do more youtube videos and and angel i've never expressed how grateful i was for the help you did uh, when we were at uh the cuban spot down in uh cutler yeah uh, i I directed one of the episodes for uh florida stuff which was yeah yeah, i i think you were kind of like amazed how easy that was we kind of like just went in it was you know quick process and at one point you're like are you sure we have enough footage? And I'm like, dude, it'll work. And the food is epic. <laughs> I, that's epic because if I have a layover in Miami, I now have a contact on my way down to where I'm going to work uh, in another country. That's normally how I work. But uh, I am going to have layovers in Miami. And uh, I will rely on you and lean heavily on you, Brando, uh, Brandon, for your. Uh, reviews and maybe your assistance in finding a good spot to eat oh I, I i'm definitely there 24 hours a day i mean i definitely want to reach out to our travelers our tourists business travelers you know if you're on a, like you say on a layover there i've I barely scratched the surface of miami beautiful city you got all those outline areas um halia cutler west miami i mean it's north miami beach south miami it's it's huge you know and I, i'll be there if you ever have a question about it that's what she said. Yep. <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, Florida stuff. Is there like a link uh, on YouTube you want to give out uh, for people who want to see that? Or 
Yeah, I mean, they can uh, they can find that on my website, by the way. I don't know if you, if you noticed, Brandon, but if you go to angelespina.com, you scroll all the way down, and you look at the YouTube videos that it's on the front page, the video is there. Like, I posted it on there so anybody wants to see it, because I directed the thing. Well, I'm going to whore out my own thing, right? Like, I directed it for you, so I had to, like, put it on there. So if you guys haven't seen it, go to the website. It's right there. But do you have a direct link you want to give up? Yeah, check out uh, floridastuffed.com, and um, you can connect uh, through through email as a subscriber, or you can look at any of the social media links at the top of the page. Uh, there's a direct link to the YouTube page, um, and I'm also on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Yelp, so you can connect with me on, on any of those. God damn it! Awesome. Nice. I will be yes. looking you up, brother. Uh, there you go. Uh, we have Oscar, uh, Oscar, uh, Benjamin who wanted to join a little while ago. I don't know if he's still, uh, around. Uh, Oscar, if you're listening, uh, come call, you know, let me know and I'll, I'll bring you to the call. The more the merrier. Uh, by the way, with Can Skype. I my side yes, uh, by the way, let me just get this out real quick. Uh, the more the merrier on Skype, as long as I can get you on, you let me know, or we could, you can have you join in. I don't have to drop anybody off. It's not one of those things, so. If you like the conversation and, you know, you want to get on, let me know, and I'll bring you right on in. Uh, go ahead. Pimp out your website, my friend. Oh, it's easy. It's swordpoint9, S-W-O-R-D-P-O-I-N-T, the numeral 9, and it's on YouTube, and it's also on uh, BitChute. Some of the more controversial stuff I had put on uh, BitChute uh, just because YouTube's pulled it down, you know, the internet drama, how that stuff goes. And so uh, people liked to report my site real quick, and uh, <laughs> it was all BS. But it is what it is, and I ain't crying and I ain't dying. So it, I don't rely on anybody for my pay except myself, kind yeah. of kind of my lifestyle. But uh, Angel already knows that. So, yeah, we did an epic show. And the Pimp Angels past shows, I will suggest probably the best show I've ever heard on PTSD I was a part of. And it was with a doctor and Nancy and Bill Burns. And uh, I don't know what if that was on Skywatch. I think it was Skywatchers, wasn't it, brother? Um, it might have been. Either, I know it was either Skywatchers or Future Theater. It was definitely one of those two. It wasn't on this show. Right. Um, if it was Bill and Nancy, most likely it was on Future Theater, though. If I remember right, because uh, they were both on, it had to be uh, feature theater, uh, and and yeah, no, I remember the the episode. Uh, it was, I mean, Bill and Nancy. I, I haven't talked to uh, Bill in a, in a little bit, but uh, they're wonderful people, and uh, right now they're they're working hard on like other material. Uh, so unfortunately, they haven't been back on air with us on PSN Radio. But if they ever do come back, you know, hopefully Robert. they'll they'll join us back on here. But. Uh, uh, you know, uh, it is what it is, man. They're, they're doing their own thing right now. But, uh, that was a good episode. Check out FutureTheater.com, everybody, and, uh, all the, like, the uh, MP3s are there for free. You can, you can look right into Which kind of, it's funny because it goes right into my SoundCloud page, so. Uh, now there's other news that I wanted to get to also as I go along here with the news. Uh, which we can kind of, like, uh, close out on The Mandalorian. We, we all love it. It's fantastic. And, uh, again, I just want to say that, uh, think about this, uh, name, Jedi, 
Huh? For the baby? Yeti? Yoda? Yaddle? I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Because it pays a little trip. Yeah, but think about Jedi. It pays tribute to the Jedi's. It pays tribute to the Jedi. Jedi, I be. Ah, Jedi, I be. By the way, before we get there. I hope they give it a different voice. Me too. You know, I could always take over Frank Oz's job, I think, and play the voice of this baby, Jedi. Yes, mean? you could. That hey, I'm gonna pitch that next time I see somebody. Uh, you know, <laughs> in the in the future series when he's a little bit older and they're like, "Well, we need an older voice." I could be like, "Hmm, yes." <laughs> now, of course, if and here's a question before I move on, uh, and either one of you can jump in and, and answer this: if he is raised by the Mandalorians, okay, which is, I, I hope that's the storyline that they go into with this uh, baby and they protect him. If that's the storyline they go in for whatever amount of seasons and then in the future we find out that he was raised by them and he's still continuing their, you know, their way of life. If that's the case, he probably will not talk like that. Because remember, we don't know a whole lot about the species where Yoda comes from. He's a very mysterious character. But who's not to say that he's, you know, that the way he speaks is not just him. We never really hear Yaddle in the way she speaks. You know, we see her, but she doesn't really talk. Uh, but the, even the canon the comic books don't make her speak like that or make other, you know, references to, you know, them speaking that way. And there is another member of the council, uh, which is very like Yoda, which is from a planet which a lot of people think is the same planet the species comes from. Looks a lot like, like Yoda, but it's a, a pale uh, skin color, not green, which is the big difference, but he has the big ears and, and all kinds of stuff. He, he was also in the Jedi Council, uh, which is why people think that right. he was of the same uh, I forget the name of the character now. It's, it's very rare. Uh, I'll look it up in a second here, but he's a very, you know, rare Jedi. But, uh, I mean, he has a background with a planet uh, that, they, that he comes from. So if they tie him into that planet, which would make sense. You know, we have different colored folks here. Why can't they have different colored folks there? Uh, you know, it, just, it would make sense. But he doesn't speak like Yoda. So let's just say the baby is raised by the Mandalorians. He might not speak like Yoda. He might have his own tone, his own way of speaking. Uh, he might speak more like Mandalorians and and very rough, small sentences. One, yes, and very edited. That's something that would be cool. And remember, when uh, after he had uh, gotten into that brief dust up with the uh, uh, heavy uh, infantry. Um, Mandalorian, remember yep. the knife fight, the real quick yep. knife fight. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, he said it is the way. Yes. And then that guy flew up with his jetpack, and he's like, "It's almost uh, honestly, it's kind of like a video game too. Like he's leveling up. He saw that jetpack, and he's like, I need to get one of those.' Yeah. And uh, and he gives him a salute. But remember, the guy uh, during the fight was like, "It is the way." And it's the way of the Mandalorian, you know. And I think that's what he meant, you know. It's a, now he has a foundling, 
And I, I think, I'm hoping, I'm praying, because that would be the most epic storyline. Not only that, I mean, they protect their own. When, when you're part of the Mandalorian, uh, uh, you know, the house of one of the Mandalors, when you have, like, the, the, the queen, basically, who runs the Mandalore, uh, or the Mandalorians for that group, uh, you know, and they're like a family. So when he's also saying this is the way, it's like we protect our own. That's why they come to his rescue as well. Even though he has a bounty on his head, the way that they take care of each other, that's how they stick together. Even if, like, they feel like, wait a second, why is he doing that? They know he's doing it for a reason, which is going to protect the house, but he's a bounty hunter. But he, his loyalty is to the house of the Mandalorians that he, he's with. So they're going to protect him as he protects them. So that's also why he's saying it is the way. Not only it's because that's the way they are, you know, from, their, their history, but they are very protective of their own. So if he does take this baby and, and protects it, they're all going to protect it. You know, they, they all adopt the baby. I, so, no, I, I, I agree, but remember, Razanare, I can quote it verbatim. I adhere to the Razanare, the core of what it means to be Mandalorian, a sacred law giving us direction and purpose, education and armor, self-defense, our tribe, our language, our leader. All help us survive. Right. We must that's educate that, our the, children as Mandalorians. That's the main, main girl, remember? Obey the commands of Mandalore, speak mm -hmm. Mandoa, and yep. defend our clans. And exactly, the right thing. there. Yep. That's the thing. And, and, and if this baby becomes into the Mandalorian clan, uh, our protection's given. Yeah, that's it. This this will become uh, baby uh, Yaro Jedi Mandalorian. Exactly. There's so, there's I'd so, love to hear Brandon's close out too, brother. Yeah, there's so much epicness on this uh, this uh, kid. Uh, Brandon, anything else you wanted to add uh, before we move on to the next story? Yeah, I think uh, I, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing it, what this what this will become. Like you said, could go Mandalorian. You know, um, I, I think. Yoda, I think this whole thing going back a few minutes was to preserve the species. <laughs> yeah. But um, I would like to see a timeline jump, maybe not 200 years, maybe like 50, 60 years just to see. I mean, depending on how long Yoda himself stays alive, I don't I don't know the uh, how long, but... Um, well, Yoda, Yoda was over... Remember, Yoda was over 900 years when he died in the Return of the Jedi, so they, they live a long time. By the way, that's 900 years that we know of. I mean, we don't know. Right, if, right. he could be a lot older than what we've been led to believe. Not only that, you know, they've introduced time travel into this thing. So who's not to know that maybe he's time traveled from a different, uh, you know, time period altogether? Maybe he came from uh, Yoda uh, from 2,000 years in the past, and or 3,000 years in the past, and you know, he when he was like 300 years old. Travels into the future. It's not time travel. It's part of the the overall canon, which was introduced in Rebels. Right? So now that yeah, you know, BBY. you have to take that also. Yeah. So you have to take that into account. We don't know Yoda's history. He could be nine hundred years as a species, but he could literally be from thousands of years ago. And you know, he just he time jumped or something into the future. There's you know, there's a, no, an entire backstory also with Yoda. We could do you know movies on TV series. In the future, that's a great thing about the Star Wars universe and, and some of these characters where it's mystery. Now with Yoda, 
I would kind of like to leave that more mysterious, like with Han Solo, where we yep. don't know the backstory. We kind of just leave it as a mystery. But now we have this baby. And now the future of the baby is the mystery, which is kind of like, I love that. Plus, it gives Disney his own Yoda, and doesn't mess with the Yoda we come to know and love. And it leaves him in that mysterious kind of like cloud. And I like that. I like that Disney's going to get their own version. But it doesn't like thread over what we've known with Yoda and Yaddle. Me too. Me too. With Yoda, I always looked at Yoda as one of those kids... Or Yoda, even as an adult, remember him leaping through Luke's little survival kit and throwing stuff over the thing? There was a big nod from Disney to Lucas when the little kid keeps getting out of his crib and grabbing something from uh, the Mandalorian, which aggravates the Mandalorian. But that's what the species does. They're inquisitive. And it's just so beautiful the way that... uh, they're incorporating this entire thing, and that's my closeout comment. Now, uh, the the next thing I wanted to get into here is uh, still Star Wars related. J.J. Uh, Abrams reacts to George Lucas' uh, Star Wars regrets, and uh, I want to get to this real quick because th- this is uh, it's funny. Uh, this the, the reporting this, uh, but it says that George Lucas has made it clear in the past that he's not particularly a fan of the, of the new Star Wars films. But director J.J. Abrams has pretty good a pretty good idea as to why he feels that way. He says, during an interview with Rolling Stone magazine, Abrams shared his thoughts on the matter, and I'm going to quote here. He said, "It's probably a complicated thing for him," said Abrams. So I'm going to Lucas selling Star Wars to Disney in 2012 uh, to decide that you're going to sell this thing uh, that you created that was your baby to to anyone. That must be more complicated than seeing the signing a check and smiling about it, which I agree. But at the same time, when you're selling a property like this, you know, like Lucasfilms, because he didn't just sell all Star Wars, okay? He sold everything, you know, all Lucasfilms. So it's not like he can complain about one thing or the other. Uh, but, you know, he said that he feels like he's been given, like, the cold shoulder ever since uh, he sold uh, Lucasfilms, which, I mean, I don't know exactly what George Lucas wanted, you know, was expecting. They're going to just say, okay, George, we're going to buy it and let you do whatever you still want with it. Like, right. And and not only that, they bought Industrial Light and Magic. And that's right. that's his baby. You know, that, now, that was on his property. Yeah, I mean, when he sold, he sold everything. Like, he said, here, I'm walking away. As And something that I that he did, which I was, like, really disturbed by, he said something, and that he even regretted it. He said that he sold um, his baby to white slave owners, basically, and then he compared Disney to the slave owners, which is funny because, you know, politically, I, I completely disagree with uh, Disney and uh, with Bob Lager and then their politics, I think, is disgusting at some parts. Uh, you know, hiring James Gunn back, I was against that uh, because of his tweets, albeit pedophile in nature, and that's the reason they fired him. Right. And, and that's a completely different yeah. uh, thing, but there's a lot of things that Disney, uh, ABC, and, and the people that run those companies have done that I'm not in favor for. But at the same time, when you buy a property, 
the guy who sold it to you needs to just shut up and go away because they, they don't have to listen to you anymore at that point. They can do whatever they want. You sold your property. To then come back and say, well, you know, I, I, I sold it to slave owners. When they're, you know, making new movies, I thought that was very distasteful. Whether you feel that way or not, you sold it. Yeah. You know, at that point, you have to just kind of like walk away and like, you know, say, okay, that's it. If you feel you know, bitter about it, well, hey, too bad. You shouldn't have sold it. Now, one mistake I think Disney made with this whole thing is they rushed out too much Star Wars. They didn't concentrate on other things that they had with uh, Lucasfilms. I would have done the next trilogy in, in structured in a, in a six-year time frame where you have episode seven, eight, and nine. That's fine. But in between, give it a gap. Don't try to come out with, like, two movies a year. That's going to be a little bit too much. Not only that, Solo was a mistake. We know that much. Uh, you know, you have episode 7, which was a nice introduction, episode 8, now episode 9. You have Rogue One. You have a lot of things in between. One thing we haven't seen is, and we have now, well, how many years since they sold the car, since Lucas sold to Disney, one, you know, project we haven't seen get off the ground, Indiana Jones. Why hasn't there been more movement on that? Now we finally have word that they're going to work on a, on a new Indiana Jones movie. That should have been right after Episode 7. They should have greenlit Indiana Jones and gone right into, into that instead of a uh, solo movie. You know, they should have just I gone agree. right into Indiana Jones 5, and then Willow 2, and then, you know, do whatever, and then go to Episode 8. And then, you know, give it a little bit of a gap. Explore other properties. Hell, Howard the Duck. Do you, why, haven't they, why haven't they brought that back? He's part of the Marvel Universe. He's been featured in, in uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy movie as a cameo. Uh, he is a movie that was made by Lucasfilms, who held the movie properties, which now Marvel has back. Why didn't they make a Howard the Duck re- uh, reboot? I mean, you have all these properties that you can play with, but no, you wanted to make five Star Wars movies and completely piss off the fan base by making that's a terrible... You know, that's what they did. They, they they rushed too much Star Wars out there when they have a well of, of great, you know, uh, films waiting to be made by, you know, buying out Lucasfilms. I would have just jumped right into Indiana Jones 5. Why not? Fans have been waiting for it. It's- Look, it's, Real quick, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull may have failed for some people, but it was a box office smash hit, period. So the fans are there. Don't want to see more. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying it's the same mistake they did with the Terminator movies. Everybody wants to explore when the Terminators took over. They tried to do that. I can't remember the name of it, but it was actually good where John Connors takes the beating heart from that other guy, right? That's I, salvation. I can't think of it. Well, it's salvation or yeah. um... salvation. That's it. Yes, it is, brother. Uh, and then they did this last Terminator. My wife and I were both like, "What the fuck?" And uh, you know, it is what it is. But the point is, you should give a gap. Listen to the audience feedback because they've never they they give snippets mm-hmm. to the Terminator. You know, when they're taking it in, when when the Terminators and everybody wants to see them smash it. They tried to do that with that one movie where they go back in time and the, the good guy's the bad guy or whatever. I can't remember what that one was, but uh, 
Genesis. That spelled Genesis. Genesis. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I didn't like Take Genesis. Take some feedback. Give it some time, and then make it. I mean, if yeah. there would have been a or six year span in between, whatever it is, they would have seen that the first one. This is what the audience wanted to see, and it would have been more of Poe and more of um. Why am I mind dumping the gentleman's uh, Finn? Finn uh, Poe. I can't think of his name. Sorry, man. In the show, I'm thinking oh. of his actual name, and it's not fair. Um, um, <laughs> the guy who, without any force training, stood up against Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren. That's another thing they could explore. But yep. see, they're they're going to give a hat tip in this movie to it, and they're probably going to get short shrift. Where the Knights oh, of Ren has their well, own. No, no, but the, uh, the Knights. Hold on, from from what I've read, the Knights of Ren are going to be featured uh, pretty good in the next movie. Uh, you're going to see. Uh, you, you're actually going to see the Knights of Ren in action, uh, and you, you're talking about Finn, the character uh, by John Boyega, yes. uh, which the, the one major mistake, by the way, in uh, the Last Jedi, uh, he has a lightsaber hit him in the back of his spine in uh, The Force Awakens, and then 20 minutes later, because remember, the, the Last Jedi literally picks up where The Force Awakens takes off. There's no like time period in between the two movies. Like He gets carried away from being in, a, in practically near death with a, a spinal injury, and then 20 minutes later, he's like on his feet, like, hey, what's going on? Where's Ray? That's, and I mean, it's, I, comedic. It's, com- right. it's comedic. It's comedic. It's what they... It's what Even, I've seen yeah, them but, do so... Yeah, but here's the thing. Even when Luke went through like the the uh, similar issue in uh in uh, Empire Strikes Back in the beginning, he's in the yep, bomb tank. He's he's in there for a while. You know, he's recuperating. He's all beat up. You know, you don't you never get that moment. So that's a huge mistake, I think, in the, in the next uh, in what was the Last Jedi with that character. With that said. If you're going to do that, at least make the character good and flesh him out properly. They didn't even do that, and they failed him completely. Which even John Boyega came out recently, and uh, we have to end the show here because we're out of time. But even John Boyega said recently that uh, that he felt that they really you know messed up the character because of that. Because they didn't really flesh him out properly. And in this movie, they fixed that. So as a fan, I, I'm glad that he said that because he's acknowledging that they kind of goofed up the character and he, he has more of a, of an impact in this movie. Which, you know, he could be lying. He could have shot all this stuff and then it gets cut out later in post. We, we haven't seen the movie, but it comes out next month. So if you're a fan, you know, we're going to find out the answers in about a month. Guys, we're all out of time here on the show. Unfortunately, the two hours are done. Uh, we have to wrap it up. But I want to thank James for joining in, Brother Detox, for being the sidekick uh, for the first time in a long time. And he's getting used to that headset. Eventually, that won't happen again next week. We'll be back live here on PSN Radio with Inside the Jackal's Head on Sunday nights at 10 p.m. again for uh, an hour to two, as we do. And, uh, again, if you're going to uh, check out Patreon, please go ahead and do so. It's uh, i got two of them. i got uh, Angel Espino. You go to pay, uh, patreon.com forward slash Angel Espino. That's going to take you to my personal Patreon page. Uh, also, the PSN Radio has one. You go to patreon.com forward slash PSN Radio. There's two of them there. You know, you uh, can give a dollar, two dollars, whatever you can. It adds up. Please go ahead and uh, do that. It'll be immensely helpful. 
uh, especially for the upcoming uh, year coming up, uh, where we're going to load up with content on the internet, including a lot of video stuff, which includes, uh, you know, Brand, uh, Brandon's uh, Florida stuff here, and uh, the stuff we do on inside the Jackal's Head and PSN Radio, and it all trickles down to helping the network out. It doesn't go in my pocket. Every dollar that goes in there is going to be going and put back into the network uh, or into uh, what I need to have done in January, which is spinal surgery. Oh, yeah. Not looking forward to that at all. Um, that's not going to be fun. But I'm, I'm having spine surgery, as everybody's aware of, in, uh, in, a, in a, a couple months. And uh, that's going to help with that immensely also. So please, so I'll go ahead and, and, and uh, take a look. Uh, you can get there easily if you go to uh, the website, angelespino.com, once again. And uh, just uh, look down on the page. The Patreon banner is right there. Click it. Help brother out, you know, and... Uh, and uh, that will be appreciated greatly. In fact, there's a lot of stuff already on there as stuff that you, you'll receive by becoming a Patreon supporter. So just read it and uh, check out what I put on there. And more stuff is going to be added to the uh, Patreon page as I get, you know, more and more into, uh, you know, building it up. It's still kind of fresh and I haven't really pimped it out too much. Uh, but uh, it's going to get more and more updated with uh, every passing week. Uh, again, guys, if you want to give out your links before we go, James, tell the audience. Well, it'll be sword point nine, S W O R D P O I N T, all lowercase, and the numeral nine. And it's on YouTube, and it's also over on BitChute. And I hope that I can have both of you on my show for about a two hour show, completely covering this last portion because we're doing it short shrift on both the Mandalorian and the final episodes, because I've seen a lot of these videos that are fan made and I think they're lacking critical thought. And I've heard today with both you and Brandon, uh, beautiful minds coming together. Not me, of course I'm an <laughs> idiot, but other than that, I've been on now and that's, that's all I have to say. Brandon. <laughs> Thank you, James. Glad, glad to have you on the show tonight. Uh, folks, uh, check out FloridaStuffed.com. That's Florida, the whole world spelled out. Stuffed, S-T-U-F-F-E-D.com. Um, feel free to look me up. Um, I'm going to have a live chat feature coming up on the website here soon. So you guys, you know, no matter what part of Florida you're in, you're looking for spots to eat, uh, look me up. Uh, just uh, email a click away, and uh, you guys can uh, enjoy all your favorite foods from around the state. There you go. Guys, we'll be back next week. Join us again on PSN Radio. That's psn-radio.com. And I am, of course, Angel Spino, a.k.a. The Jackal, and uh, I'll catch you next week. Shout-out to everybody listening. Thank you for listening. Yeah.